The Bar Star Podcast, hosted by Stephen O'Reilly, is a podcast about working musicians, their friends, and their opinions. Stephen is a musician in Louisville, Kentucky, who has... Wait a second. This guy's a drummer, not a real musician? Somebody gave a drummer a microphone for his voice? The hell? Unreal. Unbelievable. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Bar Star Podcast. I know, it's been a month, month and a half. You'll get over it. I am your host, Stephen O'Reilly. I want to thank you guys for coming back. The stragglers that keep hanging on. Hoping I'll post another show. Hey, here's another show. I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody had a good couple months, good new year and valentine's days tomorrow i hope you do something really cool and not cliche-ish but you're gonna do something cliche-ish because that's the way people are i'm just kidding i hope everybody's doing well i hope everybody had a good couple months i am back today with a brand new episode Uh, i have no sponsors anymore we talked about that last time but still go check out prophecy inc anyway and don't go to my website because it doesn't exist anymore. And so you can't go to Amazon because my website doesn't exist anymore. But all of that crap aside, I am fine. I am okay. I am alive. I work like a damn dog. I work entirely too much, but I was still able to squeeze in this show with a one Miss Carly Kalura. She is a singer-songwriter out of Nashville, and she blew me away. She's amazing. She writes really great songs. She's a hell of a singer. Uh, And she's tall. And you guys know how I feel about tall girls. They scare me because I'm short. But I got hooked up with her through my buddy Jake Badger, who now owns Trio Production Studios, formerly known as Louisville Music Studios. So make sure you check out Jake and what he's got going on and what he's doing over at Trio. He's doing some cool stuff. Yes, the Swerve is still there. That is our home base, so to speak. That's where we rehearse. So Jake will be on the show soon. We just have to line up the time to do it. But Jake gave Carly my number. She needed a drummer for a one-off showcase gig here in Louisville for the, uh, I guess, the which Carly and I talk about it, but it was the kind of the the showcase of who is going to be at the fair what they're going to hire for entertainment for vendors for balloon animals whatever so it was kind of cool i've never done a showcase like that before there was a bunch of bands and each band i think had four songs we ended up doing five because they gave us the whole one more song chant which is always good and welcomed and uh in this case warranted because i think we did a a great job and i don't say that from a place of arrogance it was just kind of cool because the four of us had never met before carly and pete worked together in nashville pete is her bass player hell of a bass player and then michael and i had never met each other nor had we met carly or pete so essentially the four of us had never met but we got the call uh through carly doing some research and trying to find a drummer and a guitar player to meet her and pete 
here in Louisville, we didn't rehearse anything. We just went on stage completely cold, played her three originals, and then a cover, or it was two and two. I don't remember exactly. My, You guys know my brain sucks. My memory blows sometimes. But we ended up doing, like I said, five songs, and it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. And I really wanted to have Carly on the show because she's an awesome girl. She's got a a badass thing going and I wanted to in whatever small way I can help to get her name out there so people will be aware of her and what she's doing and that's really about it that's all I got for the opening so I hope you guys will dig this interview ah I said interview what the fuck's wrong with me hope you guys will dig this conversation I had a lot of fun like I said she's an awesome girl and she's got a very very bright future ahead of her and I was glad and happy to be a small part in it in one little tiny showcase and she's got big things coming so without any further ado here is my conversation with the amazingly talented Carly Kaluba. Okay, so I am sitting in the office via Skype. I have to say that word that way and it drives me nuts. <laughs> With a one Miss Carly Kalura. Hey, hey. How are you, young lady? I'm so good. How are you? Good. Thank you for, for joining me. I appreciate it. It was kind of uh, through texting. You are in Nash Vegas, correct? Yes. Yeah, well, I will give everybody the very, very short version of how we met. Uh, yeah. You stalked me and it was kind of weird. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I, you were referred to me by another drummer when you were looking for another drummer that you got referred to him by. Yes. Did I get that right? Yes. I was looking for any drummer, a good drummer. Oh, and you got me. Sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> you were phenomenal, actually. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. But we that's how we actually met. You gave me a cold text from our mutual – well, actually, he's not even mutual because you don't really know him either, but my buddy no. Jake Badger, who now owns Geo Production House. What's up, Jake? How you doing? I need to get your ass on the show. Um, but that's kind of how we met, and you were doing a – I guess it would, would it be considered an audition? Kind of, yeah. It was a, or a showcase. festival showcase. Showcase. Yeah. Which yeah. – I found it interesting that it was at the Galt House because I've lived here for 13 years and I did not know they did that. So for my Louisville people in the Galt House in uh, January, they do a showcase for the fair for your uh, your vendors and your entertainment and your arts and craftsy people. It was kind of cool. It was actually, I had no idea that shit was there. Yeah, I I had never done a showcase before. I didn't really know what to expect. and. They have everything there. Anything that you can find at a fair or a festival, midget wrestling, uh, <laughs> I swear, cotton candy, I mean, clowns, like literally a balloon animal, like anything you ever would see, need or for your fair or festival, they were there. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was kind of cool. It was it was interesting. And we we threw the show together. We we didn't rehearse. We learned the tunes and remind me of the bass player's name. He Because he's... Pete, he's with yes. you down in Nashville, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. And the guitar player is um, 
J.D. Shelburne's guitar player. Yes, Michael yes. Dean. He plays for J.D. Shelburne, correct? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Two two great guys. But enough about them. Let's talk about you. <laughs> what is your deal, Missy? How did you wind up in Nashville? You told me the short version, but let's um, tell the listeners how you wound up in Nashville because you uh, have an amazing voice. You're a hell of a songwriter. Thank you. Um, Thanks. I had a lot of fun playing with you, and then we did the the one shit what was it um the joan jet tune because they were we got the whole one more song chant which was kind of cool it was kind of cool it was so much fun yes but we we got to do or i should say i got to do your originals uh, which was cool so what's what is how did you wind up in nashville so i'm from michigan uh lived in michigan all my whole life um i was in a band up there for many years we did pretty well up there um what part of michigan uh, Detroit area. Gotcha. So like Southeast Michigan, um, from a city called Taylor. And, uh, I've been living here in Nashville for about two and a half years. I just decided, you know, we were doing well up in Michigan and I kind of felt like I, where I needed to be up there. And if I wanted to do anything like pursue it any further, it was like time to move to Nashville. I've been writing more. Right. Um, and you know, I, I don't have kids. I don't really have anything uh, any reason why I had to stay. Um, I'm, I am married. Luckily, my husband was on board for moving and um, it just made the decision. Like, if we're going to do this, if I'm going to try this, you know, I'm not getting any younger. I'm not getting any prettier. <laughs> you know? oh, like, whatever. if we're going to do this, <laughs> if we're going to do this, like, it's, it's, it's go time. We got to go. So I left my friends, my family and uh, made the move down here uh, summer of 2017. Nice. Which is crazy because... <sighs> I, I didn't go away to school. Like I'm very much a home, like love being at home, love being uh, with my friends, my family. Uh, if you would have told me one day I'd be moving out of state, I would have said, you're crazy. Like you don't <laughs> even, you, you don't know me. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't have done it. I just, I, I still can't believe I did it. I don't know. It's, it's crazy to me. Well, it's, it, it, I think it's cool because um, you don't know this in, for my, my loyal seven listeners. I'm just kidding. Um, they've heard the stories a bunch of times, so I'm not going to go, I'm not going to bore them or you with details, but I've moved around a bunch for music. This is, I've lived in Louisville for 13 years. This is the longest I've lived anywhere in my life. And I'm 45. Um, and I got to Louisville for music. I moved to Atlanta for music. I moved to Columbia for music. I've moved all over for music. So I, I get it. But I think with you, it's cool because you, you left your hometown at, and and I'm I know it's impolite to ask Omen her age, but how old are you? I'm thirty. Okay, so you, you so you I mean you're not old by any stretch, but at thirty you left your hometown. You're like, all right, I'm out, I'm going, I got to yeah. do this now. And I think that's awesome. Thank you. I, it's crazy. Uh, I don't regret doing it, you know, but I I still very much miss home. I'm homesick, bad. Yeah, but you got <laughs> you got to be you got to be glad you're not getting the snow right now, though, right? Yeah, yeah, I am thankful for that. <laughs> I'm over winter. The older I get, the more I hate winter. I love warmth and summer and heat and 85, 90. I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> so with, with you being in Nashville and I don't, uh, before I ask you this question, I'm not looking for any negative and or positive. I just want to know what your yeah. thoughts are. Is it what you thought it was going to be? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, no, <laughs> um, I'm surprised at how, uh, I guess nice people are and like willing to help 
other people. And I, I feel like I've met some songwriters and some other artists that are really, you know, hey, come up on stage, you know, come to the show and I'll bring you up on stage. Like, right. that was kind of surprising to me because I just kind of thought that it was like this cutthroat, which I'm sure it is. But like, There's people were very friendly, like, come on up on stage and, oh, let me introduce you to this person and kind of really cheering you on. And I really did not at all expect that. Um, I also didn't expect it to be so hard to find like a band. I know you and I talked about this a little bit. We did, you know, from being from Michigan, I had my band, I had the same guitar players, the same, like everybody was the same. We did things together. We booked things together. If one person couldn't do it, we couldn't do it. Like we just didn't do it. Right. And I, I moved down here kind of thinking I'll, I'd find my players and, and that would be it. And that's just not the case here and I, I understand why um a lot of people move down here and they're musicians it's just that's their living they don't have a day job um i have right. a day job you know what i mean like a lot of people have day jobs but a lot of people don't so i can see where you know a guitar player is not going to just be committed to only me because i'm not gigging every night right and, they're all in 47 projects exactly yeah yes yes no um, i i get so it it's um that's been different. It's, it's kind of, a, you know, frustrating, but you know, I get it. It's a different world down here. And I feel like people don't realize that back home. Like I, I feel like I get asked a lot, like, why aren't you playing more? Like, what's your next move? And I just feel like it's so, it's so complicated. It's such a different beast down here. It is. And, and it's also, I, I get that as long. I mean, I've been doing this. Uh, I guess I've been playing music for, I've been playing drums for for over 30 years, but I guess I've been doing it for semi-pro to pro for about 20. And the only reason I'm I'm telling you that is because, yes, child, I've been playing drums as long as you've been alive. <laughs> the only reason I'm telling you that is because I get I still get that question. It's like, well, what are you doing? What's your next move? And what why 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 did you get that tour? Why didn't you get this gig or whatever? And it's it's so hard to explain to people that are not in it. Yeah. And the only thing I can equate it to is it's kind of like if you have a C and I use the word like as in a comparison, people, it's kind of like if a CEO of a Fortune 500 company tried to explain their everyday job, we would all just glaze over. I don't yeah. know what the hell you're talking about. I don't get right. it because we're not in it. Right. And that, that's the only thing that I still get frustrated with. Where I'm going with this is I, I would imagine for you as a songwriter, it's got to frustrate you more going through that because I can jump in any project and I don't mean that in an arrogant way. It's just I'm a drummer. I don't sing. I don't write songs. I mean, I'm I'm really good at transcription and arranging and all that kind of stuff and putting things where they go and all that and run, sh- running shows and all that. I can do all that, but that, a lot of people can do that. So it's not like I'm special. Yeah. I can jump into a project and just play drums. It's got to be harder for you as a songwriter. I feel like it's, it is so hard. And, you know, I love when people, you know, inquire what I'm doing, what's your next move. I mean, cause they're, it's coming from a place of love. I know that, but oh, absolutely. it's just, it's also a frustrating question because there's so much going on behind the scenes. It takes so much to make a song, to write a song, oh yeah, to get established down here. I mean, a hundred people or something down here move, move here a day and they're all chasing the same dream I am. So I can't just call up the corner bar and say, hey, can I come <laughs> play? Like, it doesn't work like that here. I mean, these bars, they get emails from hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of bands. It's just so hard to get established anywhere. And I get, you know, asked all the time, 
well, where do you play on Broadway? Do you play on Broadway? And I, I feel like people who don't live in Nashville f- feel like that's like the end all be all. Like if you're not playing on Broadway, what are you doing there? Right. And I didn't, I don't know. I, I respect Broadway. Broadway's a lot of fun. I've, I've had the chance to play down there a handful of times, but it's not where you go to sing your original songs. And I didn't move down here to play a bunch of covers. I can get paid much better than I'm getting paid here to do that in Michigan. You know what I mean? Like, right. Absolutely. And my, my listeners know this, but for your benefit, and I think you and I talked about it, this, that's exactly why I don't move. I've never moved to Nashville. Yeah. I, I'm just not going to do the, the five, four, five, six shifts a night for a no. hundred dollars. I'm not doing it. No, it's a lot of work. And not I respect at my age, people, especially. Yeah. Oh, I respect those people too. I've got a couple of students that, well, former students that are down in Nashville and they're crushing it, but they're yeah. in their twenties. Yeah. 45. I'm not doing that shit. Not no. going to happen. I don't blame you. I, just, <laughs> I mean, playing the same songs over and over again. I mean, that's what Broadway is. You can walk down the street and you can hear the same song literally playing on once, you know, one side of the street, they're playing that same song on the other oh, yeah. side. I've done it. And it's just, you and know, I, it's great, to, but I have to interrupt you because you used the L word twice. I didn't, I didn't. Oh, catch, like? Nope. I didn't catch you the first time. No, literally. Literally. <laughs> yeah. You use it all the time when you're, I, do. Uh, I love it. I noticed that it's you so say it better easier. than I can do it though. Literally. It's, it's literally. That was good. Literally. I there you go. Literally. That was good. Yeah. Hey. I gotta work on it. <laughs> oh, you'll be fine. Actually, I have had when I started my show, I had a bunch of people texting me after the fifth or sixth episode. They're like, I hate you, man, because every time I say literally I say it like you. <laughs> like, good. Makes you remember the show. <laughs> now, being in Nashville, coming from Detroit, here's the the obvious question that I'm sure you get a lot, and I even asked you this at the Gaunt House. How did a little girl from Detroit get into country? Um, Carrie Underwood. <laughs> this Good sh- answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually, I listened to pop growing up. Um, and like I listened to, you know, Shania and Faith Hill, but I listened more so to pop. And it wasn't until um, Carrie Underwood won American Idol. I was like, okay. You know, she released her song Before He Cheats. Right. About, you know, wrecking some dude's car. I'm like, <laughs> what is this? I love it. And it just turned me on to country music. I and love it. So that was kind of your, for lack of a better term, that was your musical gateway. Did yeah. you did you go into the, um, I hate to use the word history, but did you go into a certain area of country or did you just start exploring all of it? I just started exploring uh I'm not as familiar with like the old school country. Right. Uh, kind of just started listening to it when when Carrie won, and then you know up and coming artists that were uh, coming you know coming up around her time, you know Jason Aldean, and then from there you right. know kind of explored more of the older stuff. But I'll be honest, like I'm not a huge fan of like the twangy 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 stuff, and it's probably because I grew up listening to pop music. Right. I, I love where country is right now. I know a lot of people hate on it, but I love it. I love that. Um, you know, I love that rappers are, are rapping in country songs. And I just think it's I think it's great. I love the variety. I do. I dig it, too. And the, 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 the biggest reason I ask that question is because my my musical background, most of it is is 
my early background is is metal obviously um but a lot of it is is rock and pop and then a few years ago i started with one of my buddies i started a country band and i thought it was eh, it's gonna be easy i'm gonna have a guy and a girl singer and we did all that and it was great but the the point i'm getting at is that shit was way harder than i thought it was going to be really oh yeah so it took me down these rabbit holes of the the pop country and the quote unquote bro country cuz i don't know what else oh, yeah. to call it right and then the the rock country and then starting to fall into different bands like um sugarland or like um I fell in love. I am a massive fan of Keith Urban. Fell in love with his stuff. But I would just start going down these rabbit holes and figuring out, wow, this shit's way cooler and way more in depth than I thought. But I am like you. I don't dig the older stuff. I respect it as music sure. history, but I just sure, sure. I cannot listen to it. It no. drives me batshit. I mean, I and I'll, I cover that stuff. You know, I'll do Loretta Lynn. I'll do, um, you know, I'll do Dolly. You know, I'll do those things, and it's fun, and I don't mind right. singing those songs. But as far as me hopping in the car and turning my playlist on, you probably won't find those in my playlist. <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect, but I just, I love, I love rock too. I, I just love guitar, and uh, I like something I can hop on the treadmill and run to, um, right. upbeat, fun. Like I'm just, I'm all about that stuff. Well, and I think for me, it's it's more interesting to ask a songwriter that kind of question. Um, for example, I, I you and I talked about this, and I kind of told you who she was, but when I met Delana, and I ended up going on tour with her, and I was we were talking about her songs and how she writes her songs, and um, unfortunately, I didn't get a lot of that on the show, but those of you that remember, she was on the show last year. Um, but one of the things that I found fascinating as a songwriter is what she listens to and what she likes completely different than what she writes. Isn't that funny? Yeah, it is. And that that's why I was asking you how you got into country. And then the second part would be what your actual interest in music are. Not necessarily your influences because influences are always different. My drumming influences have nothing to do with my playing, which I think is funny. Right. Uh, so are your, the, the actual real question is, I should totally do <laughs> stupid radio voices. Um, the actual real question that I want to ask you is, is. do you, <laughs> there you go, do you, uh, are your influences and or what you enjoy listening to close to how you write or are they completely separate? Ah, oh, the pensive oh, look, I like yeah, that. yeah, that's a tough one. It's a good question. I should have a podcast or something, right? You should. You're good at this. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Aww>, thanks. <laughs> um, I would probably say no. Well, so the country stuff that I listen to, I, I like the, the true, like the honest stuff. Um, and that's kind of where my inspiration comes from. What do you mean? Hang on. Time <sighs> like, out. What do you mean true, honest stuff? What are you talking about? I mean, I don't know. It's all, I guess it's all true and honest to whoever's maybe writing it. Like, I don't know. When you hear like a, um, you know how they just, they say a country is just like raw, pure, uh, it's storytelling. I'm right. more, I feel like I'm more of a storyteller versus what you might hear in, in some pop songs, not all pop songs, of course, but where it's just more for like a sound or like a fun, have a good time. Like I like to to tell the story, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. Well, I um I came to the conclusion going back to the the because I'm at the my cover band now is called the Swerve and it's a 
modern country cover band. We do some throwback stuff um, that's not country, and we do some 90s stuff. Very, very small. I mean, 90% of what we do is country. But we were having a discussion, and everybody was asking me, because this is the second, the second, easy for me to say, all the letters and all the words get. People were asking me why I decided to do another country band. And I said, the thing besides musically in production-wise, because I'm really into production and stuff like that, the thing that intrigues me about country is one of the things that I think, this is my opinion, that makes it one of the best-selling genres is it is a story that is easy to understand. Yeah, if and relate you, to. It, for the most part, relate to. Some of it I can't relate to. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with this chick? Um, <laughs> but, but I think that's one of the things that, the point I'm getting at is I think that's one of the things that makes country so accessible to so many different people. And it's, I never realized it until I got more musically mature. Cause when I was a kid, I was mm, shit sucks. I don't like it. Now I don't say anything sucks, but when I was a kid, I hated it. But and what made me think about this is when you were talking about pop being honest or country being honest and true. And some pop is some pop isn't unless depending on who wrote it. Sure. I think with a lot of pop and a lot of rock, you have to have some sort of hieroglyphic deciphering machine to figure out what the hell they're talking about. Yes. That's you know so what I'm nicely saying? put. Yes. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm helping you along girl. Thank I you got- so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really long winded way to, to say that. I think the, the story aspect of, of country is why one of the reasons why it's it's it will always sell. And I don't I'm not talking just from the business standpoint. I mean, you can sell anybody on a song. Oh, my God, I like this song. I I got introduced to it so late and I delved into it so late that that aspect just kind of caught me off guard. I wasn't really thinking about it because I look at everything production wise. For example, um, I'm going to go down a, a small rabbit hole for a second or get in the weeds. Um, when I listen to a tune, when I learn a tune, whether it's a cover or for example, for, with your songs, um, the drums are the last thing I listen to. I I don't have to listen to the drums. Yeah. And that's not an arrogant thing. I know the drums the best because that's my instrument. So I can, I know I can spend less time figuring out what that shit is. The first three things I need to know are where, what is the lyrical content? Meaning not what are the words per se? What is the point? Is there anger? Is there happiness? Is there sadness? Whatever. The second thing I need to know is how big is the hook? Um, is it a Bon Jovi hook or is it a, uh, I don't know, insert pop band here. I can't think of any off the top of my head. I haven't had enough coffee today. And then the third mm-hmm. thing I want is the actual, what the melodic main line is. For example, the intro guitar line or whatever. Those are the three things I always pick out first. And if you know, and I don't know if you noticed because the lighting was really weird there. I was mouthing every word to your songs. I don't know no. if you noticed that. Yeah, and I do that because I want to know where the lyrical cues and where the vocal cues are in a song because that is what people gravitate towards. Nobody's air drumming. There's, what, three songs in the world that people air drum to? I get that. I understand. But everybody that likes a song or loves a song will listen to the lyrics and at least attempt to sing it or mouth the words, especially in the hook. I love that you did that, that you do that. I mean, I love that that's your process. That's yeah. uh, I feel like probably not everyone does that. <laughs> no, they don't. And and I don't, I, I by no stretch of the imagination think that I'm special or anything like that. Um, it, it's just one of those things that the more musical or the more mature I got musically, however you, I should word that, 
the more musically mature I got, the more I started to realize, oh, wait, there's an actual accent between the guitar and the drums that is directly related to the vocals. Oh, wait, everything's pulling back because what the per what the singer is saying right here is one of the most important lines of the song. And it took me a long time to figure that stuff out. I think that's how you know, like, you're a true pro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, uh... I didn't even get a chance to talk to you about this. I know it's it's not a segue, but it, it here's my thing. This is your I, show, girlfriend. You talk about no, whatever you want. I just have to like commend you and commend Michael. Like as you mentioned earlier, we didn't get together to rehearse or anything for that Kentucky show. Oh no, that and, was cold as ice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we didn't even meet each other. We just talked mm -hmm. over text, and the same with Michael. And you guys showed up. I you did your homework, like. I I don't feel like anybody would have known that we had never met. I, I feel like people thought we were probably playing together for years or played many, many, many shows together. I, and I it was just so good. I was on such a high from that show. And the next day, so I stayed at the conference. The next day I was there and a couple people came up to me and they said, you know, you guys did so good. But they were like, your drummer, your drummer, he's really good. And I was, you know, of course, I'm not going to say, oh, well, I've never played with him before. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he's so great. He's so great. And uh, they were like, he was putting on quite the show. And I was like, really? I said, yeah, you know, my back's to him. So I don't really get to see, you know, what he's doing too much, you know, unless I turn around on the occasional, you know, every now and then. But right. Um, they were like, yeah, he was flipping his sticks and he was just putting on such a show. And I actually ended up seeing some footage that someone took. And I'm like, oh, my God, he totally was. I love it. It was so good. But Sorry. I, the, the point, no, the point of my my rant, my weird segue, you can tell I don't have a podcast or do this. But um, right, you well, got you got many compliments. Oh, well, and I, I just. It. I appreciate you and, uh, you know, Michael and even Pete, even though I know Pete and we rehearse and we do stuff together all the time. Yeah, you guys whatever. just showed up and it was, it was great. It was so good. I know I've never meshed with, uh, a group of people that I've never met before so well that we did that night. It was great. I was like, yeah. you guys could have gone home and left and thanks, you know, but like we all hung out. We went and had dinner together. It was just so much fun. I yeah, had such a good time. Fun. Yeah. I, I am a, um, I let in uh, again. Most of my listeners will. This is where they'll tune me out. And they'll go, O'Reilly, please shut up. Um, but for your benefit, because you're, I'm looking at you on a screen, which I can never get used to. That's why I keep looking off in the distance. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm talking to this chick on the screen. It's weird. Um, I left home at 13, and the only reason that is relevant to anything is I had to figure out how to read people, mm -hmm. and I'm really good at it. So after many years of playing and meeting people and already having this built-in mechanism on how to read people, I'm really good at it. I know usually within four to five minutes how a gig is going to go based on personality. And I don't mean we're going to play well or play shitty, just meaning how it's going to go. Okay, I'm in, I'm out, let me get my shit, I'm gone. Mm -hmm. Versus what we did where as soon as we – we're hanging out and we were talking and then we got done. I said, absolutely, I want to go hang out and get some people pizza. Let me put my shit in my car because I got that vibe. You know what I'm saying? Yes. That makes sense? Yeah, because I felt it too, you know? Yeah, and, and it's it's super, super hard to come by. And that was one of the things that I was worried about with the, the Delana tour was I was going to go out with somebody who I've been a fan of for 
12, 13 years, and then two dudes I've never met in my life. So that was bizarre because we were going to be out for two weeks, and I'm going, one of my fucking hate these people so (laughs) that was that was really weird obviously everything worked out and everything was fine but um it is nice when you for up from my side and there is a question at the end of this on my side it's nice when i get hired to do something and i actually not only enjoy the music but mesh with the people that hired me or the in this case the person which would be you um mesh with the people that, that i'm playing with and the people that hired me that is always good so the question is for you it's got to be awesome when you have a group of people even though pete is with you he still takes your shit seriously but when you hire a group of people whether it's myself and michael which remind me to tell you a funny story about michael because i have to tell this on the show um okay whether it's me and Michael or Pete or whoever, but you hire people and they show up and not only do you mess with them, but they do your songs justice as a songwriter. That has to be cool. Right. That's the question. Yes. And I, it was such a relief, you know, especially not meeting and not knowing. I know, of course I did my research on you guys and you guys were recommended by, you know, highly respected people. Um, it was just a relief. I pay them a lot of money to say nice shit about just kidding. No, but I mean, as a songwriter, yeah, it felt so good. Like, oh, these two strangers, they listened to my music. They told me they liked it, of course, whether they did or not. You know, maybe they were just saying it to be nice. But regardless, I mean, you guys played the songs like they were yours. You know what I mean? And I just, I do really appreciate that so much. Thank you for that. Nice. Well, you're very welcome. I wasn't looking for a compliment. I just wanted to know, and you're welcome. I just wanted to know what you thought about it from your perspective as the songwriter. Yeah, no, I was very, very happy and and honored and it was just it was a great good vibes all all through the whole night it was so much fun good the interesting bit of information for you is there was a point where when we were playing which by the way that drum kit was terrible i just have to say it i can't hold it anymore oh Oh my god okay really i wouldn't have known you You, wouldn't have known you you killed it but, but, but my people will know exactly what i'm talking about they're all cringing right now but there was a point where when we were playing because I in most of my people that not only listen to my show but know me and know my playing, they know I do this. I watch my singer, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you something funny, and you're going to laugh. And it's okay. not it's not gross, nor is it sexual. But any singer that's in front of me, I watch their ass because <laughs> I know exact, especially if they're playing guitar. Because I, which you were not this that night, because I know exactly where they're going to go. I know their body movements. Um. I know how the body moves, I should say. And where I learned that, very short side note for you, I read an article years and years ago um, with Bruce Springsteen's drummer, Max Weinberg. And they asked him how he got the gig because he was one of a cattle call of 60 drummers or whatever. And they all had the same criteria. They had to learn three of the tunes and then they had a 15-minute jam or whatever it was. So five minutes into the jam, Bruce Springsteen stops the band. He turns around, he looks at Max and he says, you're hired. Tell the rest of the drummers to leave. So the guy that was doing the interview said, Max, how did you get the gig? And he said, simple. I watched his ass. And the, guy, the interviewer said, what are you talking about? He said, every singer or every front person, if it's just a guitar player who happens to be leading the band, if you watched somebody's ass, especially where their leg meet, and this is funny, but it's actually true, where their leg meets the, the bottom of their ass, you can always watch where they're going to go musically because their physical movements will guide you in that direction and i thought it was full of shit and i started watching everybody i played with it's true <laughs> like it's, it's true i did the research it works yeah it works <laughs> it's so true but it's weird 
But the reason I'm telling you that is because at one point I was watching you and it was so dark and I couldn't see you. So I started watching your feet. I couldn't see your back or anything. I could just see your hair and your in your feet. And then your feet went away from me really far away. And I went, she's comfortable. I'm doing my job. That was the point I was getting to because you were comfortable. So you didn't feel like you needed to be right there with us. You went out and you did your own thing. The catwalk. There was a catwalk. Oh, I wasn't even talking about the catwalk, but yes, oh, that, okay. that too. That too. That say, was a when dent. there's a catwalk, you got to use it. That's the second catwalk I've ever been on. I'm like, I got to <laughs> use this thing. I got to walk down it. It'd be a crime not to. You did that in the Joan Jett tune, right? Yeah. Like yeah. the last, the uh, encore song. Yeah, the encore. Just, you know, it was like, oh my God, everybody wants to keep going. Let's, uh, I'm going to use this catwalk now, I think. That was, yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> but I wasn't even talking. I forgot about the catwalk. I was talking about when we were doing your song. There was, okay. I guess, there was a moment I couldn't see you because okay. the lighting was so weird. It was so um, weird. But there was a moment I couldn't see you, but I had that thought because I don't remember a lot of what I do on stage. And it's not a, uh, it's not some weirdo thing. It's just there's so much going through my head. I don't remember shows. Sure. I have shows that I've played. Like I have opened for Sponge. I don't fucking remember it. What? And I don't no. drink. I don't drink. <laughs> I've never been behind my drums with even a buzz. I just don't do it. That, but that's where I go in my head. But I do remember that moment, and it was only a few weeks ago. I remember watching your feet because I couldn't see your your ass, and I couldn't see your back. I couldn't see your arms. I just could see your feet. And then your feet were gone, and I went, "She's comfortable. I'm doing my job." And then I started, Pete and I started jamming on something, whatever, whatever section of the song it was. I don't remember, but I wanted to tell you that because I thought it was cool. That's funny. Yeah. No, I do think I get what you're saying. I feel like nonverbals are important. Oh, absolutely. A, you know, definitely. No, absolutely. I get it. I had a. I've I've been fortunate enough to play and be hired to play with with amazing musicians not just singers and songwriters um but it's when you play a lot with people it's really cool to learn their tics their, yeah. their physical tics it's because some of them are funny some of them make you laugh i used to play <laughs> with a bass player who he would stomp his left foot so hard i could actually feel it on my drum riser oh my All, gosh you know how drum risers are you can they're shaking especially as high hard i play and i can still feel i could still feel his left heel stomp on my drum riser, it was nuts. I asked him one day, I said, Do you have shin splints or yeah. spurs? <laughs> no, but my heel usually hurts a day after a show. So I can imagine. Does that bother you? Like when you feel that, like, is that a good thing, a bad thing, or it's just a thing? It's not neither good or bad, or it's it's neither good or bad. Yeah. I, I'm it's very rare. Um it's very rare that I get so distracted that anything bothers me okay. uh, when cool. I'm playing. And I don't know. I don't really know where I get that from. I'm I'm not saying that I'm amazing or any or I'm great or none of that shit. But it oh thank you. It it's so are you, girl. She, it's very hard to for me to get distracted. And I don't know if it's because I'm so focused or I'm concentrating. I mean, sometimes I'm not concentrating. I've done shows where I've eaten pizza off my floor tom before. <laughs> I've done shows where I've texted my wife from stage while I'm in the middle of playing. I, I should not do these things, kids. I realize this, but it, it's happened. But I don't. It's very hard to get me so distracted that I that I actually screw something up or, or quote unquote, drop a beat or whatever. Um, so no, to, and it's a long answer to your question. No, it never distracted me. I thought it was cool the first time I heard it and felt it on my riser. And this was years ago, but I still remember it. It was. I had that moment where I went, "What the fuck is?" I'm looking around. My drum's falling apart. What in the? Oh shit! It's Corey. 
<laughs> Whoa. Oh, shit. It's Corey. It was one of those moments. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah. That is cool. It was so his thing. You, it is his thing. So you sent me some tunes, and it prompted me to remember, or it made me want to remember, or it made me remember to want to. I ain't editing that. I like it. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> Keep it. it. Made me want to ask. Yes. Made me want to ask you how many songs have you recorded? I have recorded probably nine. Nine. At nine. All at, <laughs> why? Why that face? <laughs> well, I'm gonna have more. You shot that. That was good. Nine. Uh, recorded at different times. Gotcha. Uh, the one of the songs that we actually played together, "Mirror the Whiskey." Uh, there's another recording of that one um, that I did with my band that I was in Michigan, and then just kind of revamped it and wanted to put it on my new EP after moving down here. So when I first moved down here, I recorded a six-song EP. A couple of the songs that were on there were songs that I had been performing, um, right. and then some of them were new ones that I wrote after being down here. Gotcha. Well, is is said EP available? It is on all digital outlets. Oh, look at you, girl. Plug that shit. Yeah. Plug it. Yeah. Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, uh, Google Play, Amazon Music, all that fun stuff. Nice. And, what, and there's six songs on it? There's six songs, yep. Okay, cool. Now, you can totally tell me now, but I think I should play one of those songs. Yeah. I would love for you to play uh, Running Underwater. Running Underwater. You yep. got it. Should I play it now or should I wait? Let me think. I'm going to make them wait. We'll, we'll make them wait. I'll <laughs> okay. put it at the end when we say goodbye. Sounds good. I got so, an awesome music video for that song, too, by the way. you There is a, a, one video I've seen. Uh, is it that one? It's the only one. The only that music video. The, yes. That is the only. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Mm -hmm. that, yeah. then that, then I am thinking of that one. Yes, I would agree with you. That is an awesome music video. Thank you. It's very cool. It's very well shot. Um, I use actual real words like beautiful. The <laughs> the way that that thing is shot is beautiful. I love, I, I told you earlier, I'm really into production and stuff. I don't understand a lot how a lot of it works, but I know when I love it and I know when I don't love it. And I like things that are really slick. If they're, if they're meant to be slick. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. If you're doing something, as far as movies go, well, and then we're not, I'm not making a squirrel reference. I'm just kind of explaining what I mean. As far as movies go, if you're doing an old mob movie, it needs to be gritty. Sure. Dirt, dirt is okay. If you're doing something that has either a good story, like you because you're a songwriter, um, or something that's more character driven, I'm all into slick. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I didn't want you to think I was going off on a tangent. I was like, what the hell do you mean my video no. slick? I don't know what that means. No, it, I got you. It, <laughs> <laughs> I got you, show. I got you. <laughs> I'm so picking the, up what you're laying down. All right, cool. cool. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. Yeah. I'm going to leave that laying there. <laughs> so the, the ultimate question I have is, did you get the gig? I have gotten no gigs yet. Oh, you didn't yeah, know? no. So, well, it's so there's multiple fairs and festivals that come. We've had some promising conversations with some, um, and I, we actually had a festival reach out, uh, reached out to me personally. And then I kind of, uh, I said, you know, let me put you in touch with my bookers. You know, they have 
more of the rundown and the knowledge as far as production, what's provided. Right. They basically want to know how much we charge and well, gotcha. it depends. There's so many things that depend, oh, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah, is yeah. production provided, you know, do we have this, you know, hotel stay? There's just so many things that go into it. You know, yep. <laughs> I don't have to tell do. you. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so my, uh, my team contacted them, emailed, uh, we have not heard back, which is frustrating because they reached out to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? But <laughs> true. But look at it this way: it's it's only February, and yes. and fair and festival season doesn't start for at least another three or four months. Yeah. Especially especially fairs. Fairs are usually later in the summer. In the summertime, yeah. And I guess a lot of them haven't had their budget meetings, and it's apparently right. a whole thing. I learned so much at this fair and festival conference. There's so much that goes into it. And oh yeah, um, budget meetings are super important. Yes. Yeah, so apparently. <laughs> February, March is the time for that. So I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping to hear back from some of the people that we talked to because we had some really great conversations and some promising leads, but nothing True. as of yet. No, no, no. That that's that that's totally cool. Um, I just wanted to know if you were going to be playing up here because you might need a drummer. Yes, I, I will um, call you. <laughs> hey, girl, call, call me. <laughs> what I was going to say is, um, since you brought up the whole budgeting thing, I don't know if you know this. Uh, and for my listeners, you guys can listen to, obviously. Um, January and February are two of the worst months to book anything because nobody knows their budget for the year yet. Do you know that? No, but that makes so much sense why I haven't heard from anybody. Yep. <laughs> Except you, for that one and, it's, and it's not the golden rule, but it's it's pretty much a, a standard. Usually around the beginning of March, middle of March, you'll start getting a lot of responses back. I have learned that because the last four or five years, Maybe six years. I don't know. My memory, my timeline memory blows. Um, it is when I started running the bands that I'm in. Because forever, I wasn't running anything. I would just, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, don't do that. Eh, that really sucks. Let's not do that. It was that kind of thing. And now I'm actually doing it. And I've learned a lot um, because I've made myself do it. So I've had to learn it all. But I have learned that January and February suck for booking. Because nobody why they knows do those then. Like that those months. Like why do that then? Uh, well, the only thing I can come up with, because I figured you were going to ask me that, the only <laughs> thing I can come up with is because now they have a list of who they like and who they don't like and what they can possibly put on. And I'm not talking financially either. What they can possibly can put on. Hey, we like X, Y, Z, but A through F, let's shit can that. Okay, entertainment, we like this, this, and this. This was a maybe and then this. So then once they have it all... Quote, narrow unquote, down out narrow down then they can okay. start the list and go all right we have this much money let's start here oh they don't want that they they want more we can't do more okay who's next on the list that's my assumption i may be wrong but i think i'm close that makes sense you're so smart yeah no that makes no. so much sense <laughs> I, I think that has a lot to do with it, it it's the same thing with, with um i know you know what nam is the summer NAM is really small down in Nashville. Well, comparatively to, to the one in Anaheim. Um, and I went to the one in Anaheim in 2019. Um, wow. I totally said the year. You're an idiot. Last year. Um, yes, I'm leaving that in. I like to call myself <laughs> an idiot here and there. Um, but I went to that one and it's the same kind of thing. Nobody has any, nobody really knows what's going on at the beginning of the year because it's the fiscal year and all that garbage. But in the music gear kind of thing, or the the gear trade, so to speak, they do everything backwards. 
they save everything for NAM and they debut it all in January, and then that's how they plan out the rest of the year. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting, huh? Yeah. And, and one big giant party in Anaheim, California. So there is that part of it. Have you ever gone to the Anaheim one? Mm-mm. Go. No, I've never been to the Nashville one. What? Yeah. Girlfriend. No. <sighs> I know. I need to get out. You do. Yeah. <laughs> The look of disappointment on your face. You live there. You need to go. I've been to the national one four or five times. Um, And I went to the the Anaheim one. I've always wanted to go. And finally, uh, Stacy finally made it where we could go when we went last year. And and the irony to me is the one and only year, even though it's only been a year ago, the first time I go to Nam, I got a tour out of it. Wow. That's amazing. You You didn't put that together, did you? (laughs) <laughs> that's amazing it, it is but but that's kind of the whole I think especially and this is going to come off shitty and I don't mean it shitty especially for a songwriter that lives in Nashville this July you need to get your ass to name okay you need to go meet as many people as you can yeah it will only that. benefit you especially since you're kind of avoiding uh, the, the cover thing, which there's nothing wrong with either side of that coin. I did originals for almost 20 years. Now I do covers. Mm-hmm. I'm old. I don't want to write new music. <laughs> and I'm not a songwriter anyway. Um, so anyway, that's uh, that's what the, the, the whole thing is about why they do things in January. So then they have a plan um, and then they can go from there. So the, the ultimate point of me going in the weeds on you is so you can be a little patient. No Thank news you. is in this case. No news is actually good news. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah, because they're they're still planning their budgets. Yeah. I my last band uh, was a band called Gas Money, and it was a, a mostly '90s pop, and I kind of geared it towards corporate um, because that's all I wanted to do, and that's when I and I I had that band for about five years. I ended it. No, it's nothing bad. There was no, we hate each other. It has nothing to do with that. It was, I felt it ran its course and I was done with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and since I started it, I could end it when I wanted to. But I, I figured that out about the second or third year in that January through March is just horrible to try to get anything done because nobody has budgets, especially if you're doing corporate in private events. And even though the fairs and festivals are fairs and festivals, they're still corporate. You with me? Yeah. So, and I, and I, I just kind of noticed the trend. And so I would start hitting everything either in kind of third, fourth week of February Okay. And I would actually get a few more responses. Hey, we're almost done with our budget. Hey, our budgeting is almost complete. Blah. It was always kind of the same answer. And that's when I went, light bulb. Oh, shit. Okay. That's why I can never book anything in January, February. So, uh, okay. Yeah. No, that so, makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Look, now you don't look so so wounded anymore. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel so much better. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh god, that was good. That was funny. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you from from a from a uh, peer-to-peer standpoint, what is yeah. your next move? My next move, I'm writing new music. I would love to release a few songs this year. I would love to. And then of course playing out more. You know, I would love to get a handful of nice bookings this summer. Right. Um 
maybe get established in, in some bars around town as far as, you know, maybe I can come here once a month, once every few months, whatever. I don't like the whole, um, you know, playing at one bar the same weekend of every month. Like, I don't like being tied down to a schedule. No, there's I, I get that. to it and there's not, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. I find it a little bit limiting at times. I don't know. I just, I, I, I feel a certain way about it, but no, I like that... to pick and choose when I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is you're a diva. <laughs> oh, no, but it just, diva -ish. I don't know. I'm scared of just like commitment. Like if something better were to come up, I don't want to be like, oh, why well, I, I can't take it. Cause I Girl, have this... you are not scared of commitment. You and your man have been together for 170 years. <laughs> no, I know that's a different kind of commitment. Yeah. But that's awesome though, by the way. Yeah. And oh, I, thank I brought, you. The only reason I did bring that up is because I do think it's awesome because you were telling me about that at the dollhouse and I think it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. Half school sweethearts. You know. You know, show. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I agree with you. I think in that particular case, if you're going to be tied down or if you're going to be a once a month thing, I honestly think it should be uh, like a cover residency almost. Because if you're going to be, if you're going to do some sort of residency, Covers are the, are pretty much the way to go because this is just my opinion, and I could be way off base on this one. If you're going to do your original songs the same, let's say hypothetically you do the same set, uh, which in a cover world you can you can change the set, you can do the same set, you can do whatever the hell you want. Right. But if you're trying to get your music out there, after a month, after three shows, so after three months, you run the risk of nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Or too many people give a shit and now there's the whole negotiation and the money fighting and well i mean i brought in 1400 people last week and you gave me 500 dollars. that's not happening you know what i mean yeah so i i understand where you're coming from and like i said i could be way off base because i don't live in nashville there's reasons why i don't live down there i already told you them or told you those reasons um i could be way off base but i can understand why you would feel a certain way about it because all you and this is not I don't mean this in any derogatory way at all. All you care about is your tunes, as you should. Yeah. So you have to be a little bit more careful. At least in my opinion, you would you would definitely have to be more careful. So I get the whole not want to do a once a month residency. I understand that. Yeah, and I love playing covers. I don't. I, I love playing covers. I do. I, I I love doing a variety of things. If you come to a show of mine, you'll hear pop, rock, country, new country, old country. You'll hear Post Malone, Loretta Lynn. Like you'll hear a little bit of everything. And I, Ed Sheeran, I love it. I, I love the variety. I love to like, like, wow, I didn't expect that girl to sing that song. Like I wasn't right. saying that. And so I, I just, I love, I do love doing covers, but yeah, I like to, um, I don't, I just don't want to be tied down to one bar every same day, every month, same time. No, I get that. I, I completely get that. Yeah. But. Speaking of shock and surprise, uh, I don't know if you know this, but Ed Sheeran is on Eminem's new record. Yes, so good. I love that song. It's so a, badass. It's a good. It's a pretty good album. That album's really good. Yeah, I, music I'm, I'm happy to be with murdered it. by. Yeah, it's good. I've been it's an Eminem good. fan for a long time. Sorry, I, I well, let's get back on track. Um, <laughs> so I did see uh, a. Uh, I don't even, I'm old, so I don't know if we call them flyers anymore on f social media, but I'm going to call I it a call flyer. Them. Damn it. Flyers. You still call them flyers? Yeah, or posters. <laughs> All right, we'll go with posters. Um, I did see a, a poster for you. We're doing a few shows with another artist. Who is that? 
Yes, Chris Turner. He's a buddy of mine. Um, See, plug your shit, girl. I got you. Yeah, no, he's a great guy. I met him when I first moved here to town. He was working with Laminate Entertainment, which is the artist consulting company I'm working with right now. Um, he's no longer with them, but I, I met met him through them initially. And he just really, uh, I feel like he really kind of took me under his wing. He's been here for about 10 years, nine, nine years, 10 years. And uh, just really has helped provide opportunity for me. Like if he gets a show, he'll ask if I want to open or, um, you know, when we get these four hour bar gigs, we'll, we'll split the time, you know, we'll both go up there. And I just, uh, he, I've, I've written with him. He's just been a really, uh, a good friend to me since I moved here. So I just nice. really appreciate him. Yeah. Yeah. He's been yeah. great. Good, and that's really cool. But you guys are doing a, a handful of shows together, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're just doing some bars um, in towns, kind of outside of Nashville, and they're they're like the four hour bar gigs. And I like to bring Chris on because you know those are longer gigs, and I feel right. like having a male voice kind of adds more to a show. You know, you get more of a variety when you got a female and a male singing for these long shows. So oh, yeah, yeah, I get that. I I like to bring him on for for these longer shows. For sure. Well, very cool. Yeah. Well, th this is the time that you get to plug all your shit. Where okay. Can, where can everybody find you? Oh, um, and if you do record some songs this summer, I know a drummer. Yeah. Uh, where, <laughs> where can everybody find you? Um, so I'm on Facebook uh, at Carly Calura Official. You better I am spell on that Instagram. shit. Instagram. Yeah, okay. Carly, <laughs> C-A-R-L-Y, Calura C O L L U R A okay, official. Good. Do I need to spell official? Maybe. No. no. <laughs> okay. Office. Um, actual. Yeah. Shit. Found it out. Oh, fish. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> so I'm on there. Um, you can find me on Instagram at carly.colura. And I have a, a newly renovated website, carlycolura.com. Oh, nice. Very and nice. I'm on Twitter too. I, I'm not on Twitter as much as I'm on Facebook or Instagram. I, I Twitter. Twitter. Th this is what I call Twitter. An online time suck. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't. I have one, and I don't even know why I have one. Um, my view on Twitter is you have to spend so much time on it to get any return on your investment that to me it's not worth it. Yeah, it's I just not worth it. And of course, lately it's. And you don't know the rules of my show. I didn't give them to you. But but you're a smart kid. It's uh, no religion, no politics, and no go sports ball. We don't talk about those things on I'm the show. I'm fine with that. I know. But the reason I said that to you is because now Twitter is nothing but a political cesspool of shit. Yeah. 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 Um, Facebook's it's getting there, too. I'm, I'm getting a little annoyed with Facebook these days. Yeah. I've, I've said it on my show before, and I'm saying it to you because you're electronically in front of me. Um, <laughs> I, I, I dig Instagram way more. Yeah. Same. I just it, it is it's there's less bullshit on there. Yep. To at pretty least pictures. To me, yeah. Oh yeah. look, their pictures so pretty. <laughs> um, well, awesome. Well, I uh, all jokes aside, I want to thank you for taking your time to hang out with me. Thank you so much for having me. I've never been on a podcast before. <gasps> this is the first for me. I'm your first. You're oh my, my first. God. I'm so excited, and I've Yay. never skyped with anyone. I've FaceTimed, but I have never Skyped. Mm. So this is also a first. Look at you, Betty Sue. Knocking You're these off. Growing up, the knocking, list. checking shit off the list. Checkity check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, what do you think? 
so much fun. Thank you so much. And when you know when you're going to release this, let me know. I will plug the shit out of your podcast. Oh, thank you. I will. I absolutely will. Um, okay. I will, of course, do that. And um, now that everybody knows where they can find you and you have some gigs coming up, please promise me, because we played together once and you can never call me again. It won't hurt my feelings. But please <laughs> promise that you will keep plugging away and never stop. Because you're too damn good. Thank you. Thank you. Very I welcome. feel like I needed to hear that. You're very yeah. welcome. Well, yeah, it's true. You're that. you're good. Listen, people that know me personally, I don't hand out compliments because I'm apparently an asshole. At least I've been called no. that many, many times. But I do call a spade a shovel. You are really, really good. You're a hell of a songwriter. You're a hell of a singer. Thank you so much. Thank and you. Bro, you're very welcome. And before we get out of here, you got to do me one favor. You have to do a radio voice and introduce the song that I'm about to play. Wait, go. a radio voice? Uh, wait, I need to practice. A radio voice? Yeah, on the spot. Go. You got to introduce your song that I'm about to play. Can and I do like a voice? Go. Or, like, you can do whatever, whatever you want. Whatever feels right. It feels right. This is Carly Calera. No. No. <laughs> Edit that. <laughs> okay, that take was two. my regular voice. That's all right. Hold on. Hold on. I, what song am I doing? Running underwater. Running underwater. Okay. Right. And go. Please enjoy the musical stylings of Carly Kalura and her song, Running Underwater.
Well, that's it, kids. That's the show for now. I hope you dug it. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you liked Running Underwater. I like it. It's a great tune. Uh, And like we talked about, the video is awesome. It's very, very well shot, very well done video. I think you'll dig it. So check it out on on the YouTubes and on the old interwebs. And she forgot to remind me to tell you or to tell her or to tell all of us the story about Michael. It's not really that funny. It's not laugh out loud. I just thought it was slightly comical. When I got to the Galt house, they are doing a lot of renovations, and we were in one wing, one side of the building. I don't know which side is which, so it doesn't matter. But we were on one side of the building where we were doing the actual performance where the conference was, but you couldn't get into that building from that side. You had to go to the other side, walk across the wing, or walk across the pedestrian bridge thing. It was it was a pain in the ass. But the only reason that's funny is because when I got to the other side of the building, and I left all my shit in my car because I didn't know where I was going. I mean, I knew I had to be in one of the ballrooms, but I wasn't sure where it was. And then when I saw the construction, I said, I'm just going to leave my shit in my car and I'll come get it in a minute once I find out where I'm going. So I get into the Galt house and I'm walking around and I'm trying to get to the elevator and I'm trying to find which floor I need to be on. And there's pageant chicks everywhere. They were everywhere with their curlers and their spray tans and their bleached teeth and their... uh, Listen, I'm a shallow, superficial dude, but fuck, these chicks are out of control. So I'm standing there waiting for an elevator and I see this dude who's got a guitar and a pedal case. And I said, okay, well, I'm just... To, to myself, I said, all right, I'm just going to follow this guy. He probably knows where he's going. So we get on the elevator with 14 screaming pageant chicks, all in curlers. No, I'm not making that up. It was actually funny. And I just happened to look down, and I see this name. Michael Dean is painted on his guitar case, on his flight case. And I look at the name, and I look at him, and I look at the name, and I pull out my phone, and I search through the text between Carly and I, and it was him. That was the guitar player because I had never met him. So I introduced him myself to him and I said, hey, I believe we're going to the same place. I'm playing drums for Carly Kalura. And he said, oh, I'm playing guitar. And so that was kind of how we met in an elevator full of screaming pageant chicks. So that was the kind of interesting story. I thought it was funny because you guys know how I am about people and about those kind of things. And then at one point we all went to grab a coffee after we did sound check and stuff and we were coming back through the long walk and when we got to the conference side there was i'm not exaggerating guys there was probably 30 or 40 of them standing outside a room and i don't know i don't remember if anybody else saw it but i know i saw it there was a sign posted on one of the doorways where all these pageant chicks were standing and it said please do not pet the animals and i laughed out loud very hard turned red in the face my little bald head got red it was fucking funny so anyway that's my dumb story for the day for the episode like i said carly's got big things coming she's awesome she's an awesome girl uh you guys need to check her out follow her on all her social medias keep up with what she's doing go check out a show if you can if she's anywhere within your area or if you feel like taking a drive it's totally worth it she's awesome And uh, that's all I got. 
I am going to go to work now because that's all I do. I eat, sleep, shit, and work. The Swerve does have some shows coming up. If you listen to Kevin Hale's podcast, Shooting from the Lip. What up, Kevin? Uh, He had our bass player, Joey Goldsmith, on there last week, and he was talking about the February 15th show, which if you are listening to this on post day, will be this Saturday. That show is canceled. Uh, The Levy double booked us. It's nobody's fault. It just happens. We got the short end of the stick, so we are not playing the 15th. So if you were going to go to that show, sorry, so sorry, not happening. But we have some stuff coming in March. Uh, we have a pretty big show in April that I'm excited about that I will tell you about before then. I promise I will have another show before April. Uh, I've got some stuff lined up. So that's it. Make sure you check out The Swerve. Make sure you check out all of Carly's stuff. Keep up with what she's doing. And as I say at the end of every single episode, no matter how far apart they are, go do some shit. Seriously, beat it. Get the fuck out of here. Go do something. Go check out Carly's stuff. Go check out the Swerve. Go practice. Go to work. Go make money. Go do whatever you got to do. That is all. I am out of here. So until next time, I will talk at you soon.